0: Hello, and welcome back to another FACT Podcast. I'm Dr. Fred Clary, founder of Functional Analysis Chiropractic Technique, a technique based on movement and breathing. Now, today's podcast is gonna be a short one. I'll get back from ranting and venting from the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger classic, which was canceled, not canceled, canceled uh, due to fear. Um, I'll try to stay away from that, but I did uh, get through some emails and some requests for podcasts. There's doctors out there that have sent me all kinds of requests. Um, There's been some patients who've mentioned some things and I had some observations. So the next series of podcasts will be a little shorter and on some specific subjects like today's, the shoulder, the shoulder. Now I know some of you are already turning it off. You don't think it's that important. Um, but I want to sh- at least express in this short little podcast how the shoulder, which is usually not thought of much unless it's hurting, unless you have a rotator cuff injury, a sprain, a strain, a separated shoulder, a dislocated shoulder, arthritis in your shoulder, you don't think about it. Well, the shoulder, and I'll just hit to the punchline right away, is involved in all movement, including walking. Fred, we walk on our feet. Didn't you learn anything and all that education you got? Yes. But since we walk upright and we, you know, dropped out of the trees about, oh, two million years ago and started walking upright, the words hominid, if you listen to some of the other podcasts, that means upright walkers, our mechanics and our nervous system changed. Our whole biology changed once we started walking upright, you know, how we digest food, how Blood pressure has to move around. We're not on all fours, so when we stand, our cardiovascular system has to adapt to make sure that, that blood is getting to all the parts, especially the parts that are upright, like our head, our brain, very important. So we've had all these adaptations and changes. All the changes in the body are pushed for efficiency. That means budget. That means the, you don't want to waste any energy, we use the word ATP, adenosine triphosphate. That's the energy molecule that comes out of sugars and fats and proteins. That's what makes every everything run in our body, ATP. It's not sugar. It's Everything's broken down to ATP. What you need to know, uh, if you're just a uh, public listener, is that we are built for efficiency. So how we move is built for efficiency, but efficiency now... Not a week from now, not a month from now, not a month ago. It's built for what we have going on now. Kind of like in sports, you know, how good are you doing now? Which players do you have now? Not if they were injured last week or they're going to be injured a month from now. You have to deal with what you have now. Well, it's very similar. Our nervous system, our brain, central nervous system is always looking for keeping us moving and and efficiently. We want to walk forward without falling on our face. And we also want to walk forward without wasting a lot of energy. Part of that is the motion of our arms. If you walk watch a kid, especially a child, elementary school, middle school, someone who 's efficient before you get to forty or fifty and their body gets banged up. Good movement is the swing of the arms back and forth. that pendulum movement going back and forth if you look. Look down like from a helicopter, bird's eye view straight down, that little figure eight motion of the shoulders and the pelvis that move back and forth, they counter each other. And so right shoulder goes forward, right arm goes forward, and left leg and pelvis go backwards. We all know that. That's what normal gait or walking or motion looks like. Gait is the biomechanical term for all those pieces, those mechanical pieces of how we move. So what's the shoulder involved in? Well, we know that that shoulder movement actually lowers the amount of energy you need to walk forward. Okay? It helps us. It builds more. I'll use a a word that's not fully correct, but we'll use the word momentum. It actually increases uh, potential kinetic energy for those who are doctors out there and, uh, you know, nerd burgers um, like myself, that, you know, we actually, uh, we actually build up potential kinetic energy. We actually save energy um, is another way of saying it, um, though it's not mathematically correct. Um, we actually save energy um, by swinging our arms forward. So it helps move us forward. It helps balance, right? And it helps keep um, – Keep the motion moving and it gives feedback to the nervous system how fast we're going. You know, are we stepping in a gopher hole? Are we coming onto a curb? Are we going up a curb? We're going up steps. All that information is going in. Where my hand is in space. Am I holding a spear to throw at a woolly mammoth? Am I trying to climb a tree? You know, all that information goes through. The interesting thing about our upper arm, if you look at your upper arm, oh, it's connected to our body by the shoulder. Uh, Yeah but the shoulder has many joints. Um, it has the upper arm bone, the humerus, attached to you know, the glenoid, it's a little cup, okay? And our shoulder blade. Well, our shoulder blade is just floating on the back of our ribs. There's no true joint there, it's just floating. It's held on by ligaments and muscles, something to think about. Then you have the acromion joint. There's a little hook, a bone that comes off the top of the scapula that um, connects to the very end of your collarbone and that's called the AC joint. So when someone separates an AC joint, they tear that ligament. When someone dislocates their shoulder, they pop out the humerus. So dislocation separation, two completely different joints and the shoulder. There's another joint that's the most important joint in the shoulder, in my opinion, and in people who do tonal chiropractic or functional chiropractic and that's the sternoclavicular joint. If you follow the collarbone all the way to the front of your rib cage, just below your neck, that's the sternoclavicular joint. That's the only true joint holding your, sh- your arm onto your body. The other ones are just ligaments, muscles, but there's nothing else connecting. That's our main connection. And if you push on that spot, where that joint is, it's always sore, and you don't have to push hard. It's a very sensitive area. It's full of what we call mechanoreceptors, proprioceptors. Those are special nerve endings that send information to the brain to let us know where we are in space. So here's something to think about. When someone is moving, there's a lot of information coming off that collarbone, and your collarbone is supposed to move like a bucket handle, just like back and forth, subtly back and forth, rotating around you know, front and back, like a bucket handle. Why is that important? Well, I was just at a big uh, world powerlifting tournament in Columbus. There were torn packs, torn rotator cuffs, shoulder injuries, people benching five, six, seven, eight hundred pounds. And you have to have a healthy shoulder to do that with your sternoclavicular joint, basically your sternum holding on everything. All that information going to the brain. The health of your shoulder, and sometimes the health of your rest of your body, is really due to the mechanics of your sternoclavicular joint, that little notch below, you, right to the side of your neck. You know, and and people are like, "What are you talking about?" Well, it's full of all these neurological uh, sensory fibers. And it sends information into the brain to tell us what's going on with our mechanics, how efficient we are. And if there's a problem with that collarbone, if your collarbone needs adjustment, if it has bad mechanics, the rest of your shoulder doesn't work, and sometimes your gait even changes. Your posture definitely does. If you have a, if you have a stuck collarbone or a stuck sternum, if it's subluxated, chiropractors use, or it's fixated, a uh, physical therapist would use, or an osteopath, it sends information to your brain f- that you have to compensate because your whole upper body is not moving correctly so you could have neck problems your head goes forward you could be slouching your posture change just to protect that sternoclavicular joint that collarbone you can tear up your rotator cuff the four muscles that hold our humerus into the glenor humor socket the socket in your shoulder blade and all those muscles could be firing or not working in synchronicity not working together so those four rotator cuff muscles could be contracting and flexing at the wrong time and you could be tear up your rotator cuff people could get shoulder injuries they get arthritis all because the sternoclavicular joint is not working so so what do we do with that well make sure the next time you go to your athletic trainer your coach your chiropractor that they understand the sternoclavicular joint. I have seen so many, I was just in the gym yesterday. Let's just cut to the chase. I saw people warming up with with little dumbbells and uh, rubber bands and mini bands. These are rubber bands. You know, they tie to a piece of equipment and they warm up their rotator cuff and they do some stretching. And then you put it down and a a, a trained observer, a trained observer can see whether that sternum or that clavicle are moving properly guess what? They weren't moving. And it changes posture. It changes head position. It can fatigue you. If you have poor posture, you can be fatigued throughout the day. I don't know why my upper back, my neck, why do I have headaches? Why does my mid-back hurt? And they'll go to an average chiropractor, you know, most chiropractors, and they get their neck and back and They feel better for a little bit. Then they go back. And I'm like, well, you know, watch your walk. Sh- you know, your collarbone's not moving. Well, I don't have pain in my collarbone. And there goes the punchline. You know, it doesn't have to give you pain if mechanically it's not working properly. It's too busy compensating, telling your brain to slouch forward to protect it, telling your arm to stop moving. You can't swing back and forth because it's not pivoting correctly. And if that sternum or sternoclavicular joint or or clavicle or collarbone isn't working correctly, your brain's going to shut down that upper arm movement. Which makes eh, walking tough. And if walking gets tough for a while, then guess what? You start getting neck pain, back pain. If it's your genetic weakness, you could have hip, knee, and foot problems. I can't tell you how many people come in and they've been to the bad foot store, or good foot store, or orthotics store, and they've spent $500 on orthotics, and they've had physical therapy, potions, and lotions, and surgeries on neck, back, shoulder. And I'm like, I'm watching them walk, and I'm like... You know, I don't know if this is compensation or not to everything going on in your lower extremities, but your arm's not moving, and your collarbone's not moving, and your sternum's not moving when you when you move. It's very stiff. You look like a a robot just on the, this right side. Okay, Doctor Clary, what does that mean? Well, what came first? Does this after all this stuff here? No, you know, I've always had some. I've always walked weird and hardly move my arm. I'll adjust the collarbone. I'll adjust the sternum. I'll adjust, you know, their shoulder. You know, look at their scapula to make sure it's gliding over the the ribs properly, and they'll start walking better. And within a couple weeks, they don't have problems in their low extremity. What's the point of this podcast? Everything is connected to everything. That good old kids song from the fifties, the ankle bone's connected to the foot bone. It's actually more important functionally when you're walking that we have good upper extremity movement, going back and forth, and low extremity movement. Your feet really are connected to your hands when you're walking, running, or trying to do any athletic vent. And if you have any shoulder issues, just make sure you're at least having that collarbone and sternum look at. Look at that little that little notch, you know, right, right to the, the base of the front of your neck. You know, see if that collarbone is moving. It's an easy adjustment. And usually it lasts, it's very, I would tell people right now, it's a tender adjustment. It is not a pain-free one, you know, cause it's just very sensitive. But, you know, with stretching, there's ways to do it without um, a very dynamic adjustment in the area. There's stretching, there's movement, there's mobilization, there's osteopathic moves. And just to get that moving. And you'd be amazed at at how your strength goes up. For those listening who are powerlifters and want to bench press a lot of weight or just want to be able to do gardening without pain or want some strength, your body will shut down the strength of your upper extremities if that sternoclavicular joint isn't working properly. You could have headaches if that sternoclavicular joint has changed your postural reflexes and moved your head forward. And that causes all kinds of muscle um, tightness in your neck because now you're in a bad biomechanical position, pinching on nerves that can cause headaches. You'd be amazed at how things change. So overall, make sure you go to a a chiropractor or PT or trainer that looks at your whole body from toes to nose and knows how the shoulder really works. It's more than just your rotator cuff. It's more than just range of motion. I've seen people with full shoulder, arm, upper body range of motion where the collarbones didn't rotate, and they ended up with rotator cuff or arthritis or chronic uh, neck or head pain or chest pain or pain between her shoulder blades. And it all was coming from a, uh, a poorly active sternoclavicular joint, the joint that, we, that gets the less credit but causes the most problems. And this has been another Fact Podcast.